the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Adventurers, welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week. Before we pick up from last week's cliffhanger, let's get our heroes introduced. He's a strong, dark, sighing type, Hugo Rashad. His boss might be undead, but she's still rocking heels. And that's Agent Lonnie Whitaker. Test anxiety? No, that's probably what she wants you to think. It's Raven Eugenia. Glow in the dark phones. Why didn't he think of that? No, wait, glow in the dark pockets? Damien Edgecrest. Remaining calm and crushing technology into increasingly dense shapes, it's Felicity Starnbrook. And is she being overshadowed by a goth with a sword? Maybe, but she's the one casting the light. It's Aiden Brightwood. Let's dive in. Last time, our heroes were given a brief tour of the Eastie Agency, the monster-hunting supernatural agency that polices supernatural events and crimes and tries to keep the general populace safe. While Agent Whitaker went up to a meeting with the director, Olivia Eastie, and some of his fellow agents, the rest of our hunters had a brief informational video that they watched. Then they got donuts at the in-house cafe slash cafeteria. And not long after descending to one of the basement floors where they were doing some testing of their abilities under the supervision of Elizabeth Vines, the head lab tech, the power went out and the entire agency seemed to come under the affliction of a ghost in the electronic systems of the building. While their tour guides, Agent Max Spiegel and Hilary Ross, seemed to react fairly quickly, the rest of our heroes were split up as they both tried to escape the building before it could be locked down under a code five containment procedure or just being chased through the halls and and trying to pursue this dangerous entity who has not quite identified itself but is clearly some sort of spirit both possessing and manipulating the technology and information networks within the agency. We left off with Felicity and Agent Mac escaping the perimeter defenses of the EC Agency grounds. They were able to evade the uh, defense network that's designed to take out any corporeal threats trying to escape the agency stronghold and were taunted a bit by this spirit at the doorway. Managed to break their way in after seeing that some of our other hunters were in a bit of a dire spot, Raven, Aiden, Agent Ross, and Hugo, in a hallway being assailed by these ghostly projected silhouettes filled with television static reaching towards all of them. And that's where we're going to pick up, actually, because you guys are in the most immediate danger. Raven, Hugo, and our two lovely NPCs, what are we going to do? You guys had been trying to find a way out of the building because last you knew that's where Felicity and Mac had gone. 
but the hallway that you were in as you tried to can opener the elevator to try and get inside darkened and the spectral figure of this ghost appeared, although it didn't stay there for long. It flickered and vanished, but as soon as it did, the lights continued to darken, 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 and these ghostly arms started to reach out towards you all. So it's Raven, Hugo, and the two agents that we met? Just one of them. You have Ghost Sword Lady Hillary Ross, and Aiden is with you still. Oh, and Aiden, okay. Oh, man. Were we trying to go upstairs? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you guys were trying to head upstairs to at least ground level, because right now you are still two floors down. (laughs) Um, Did I do a beginning of mystery roll? Sure, we can take care of those. Cool. Felicity, I know it's kind of weird that we're like in the middle of a scene, yeah. but if you Felicity, if you want to roll your roll, just save the result and let me know when we get to you. That's a ten. Nice. Um, so I get to hold three. I'll probably save those uh, until we are any of them in. right now, or are any of your available questions useful in a danger situation? I guess what does the monster want from this person? This person meaning us, who are mm. being attacked. Yeah, I'll ask that. Okay. Raven, as you spy this figure down the hall flicker in and out of existence there, and then these arms, which also seem to flicker, but also have taken on a bit more substance and tangibility as they start to grow out of the walls and reach for you, you do hear a voice coming from an intercom. It's garbled. It's a little hard to make out exactly what it's saying, but you do hear what sounds like narration happening. The voice says... Our intrepid heroes trapped in an underground cavern. What will they do to escape? So it wants to put you in danger, but it also seems curious as to what you're going to do to get out of the danger it's put you in. Yeah, it sounds like he's testing us. All right, yeah, I'll, I think I'll just hang on to the other two questions for now, but that is interesting. Okay. As you're looking for that, though, a hand is going to reach out and grab your shoulder. Okay, um, can I, <laughs> I guess, read a bad situation? I don't know if, like, I feel like kick some ass is a little too much for Raven. I don't think she's going to immediately try and, like, fight and hurt stuff. I, I think she's going to try and read a bad situation. That's another 10. Before you decide your question, sure. what is Raven actually doing? Mechanically, you're going to read this situation, but what... What is her response to this arm that reaches out and is millimeters away from touching you? (laughs) I think she's going to try and duck out of the way as fast as possible and try and like get under them. And if she wasn't already, she's going to try and go back to back with Hugo or Aiden and probably try and do that thing where they're like back to back and like spinning a little bit and like looking around and just trying to get eyes on everything going on. Staying perceptive. Yeah. And just like avoiding getting touched by any of them yet. All right. Yeah. So ask your question. Um, Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? There are the hands, and that figure seems to continue to flicker down at the other end of the hallway. It seems like it's still maybe there watching you, but it hasn't moved from that spot. It's not like flickering closer and closer. It's just there, and it's the hands that are now what's uh, encroaching on your space. All right. What's my best way out? There is a stairwell a little ways down the hallway, but both directions are being sort of filled by these arms, so... If you decide to retreat back downstairs, like down through the lab and stuff where you were before, you're going to have to get through arms. And if you try and get to this stairwell and just give up on trying to make the elevator function, you're going to have to get through some arms. 
Okay. So you got two possible ways out of this particular hallway, but there are obstacles in your path. Mm-hmm. Do the arms count as a single entity? Uh... You can ask that if you want to investigate a mystery on your turn, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the last thing I'll ask, what's the most vulnerable to me? I'm kind of thinking, like, can she tell, like, if the arms are, like, ghostly looking, does it look like they can actually physically grab things? And, like, does it look like these arms can hurt them? Okay, so here's an interesting point. As you observe this arm that's getting closer and closer, you do back up against Hugo and... You see, as this hand gets closer and closer to you to try and make contact, that if you try and blink past the like brightness of it, there's a cable inside of it. There's some sort of wired thing at the core of this, which the arm is being emitted from. Okay. That is a shocking development. So, <laughs> so there is a tangible thing to this hand, although it's okay. about to touch you, so maybe you'll learn more when it does make contact. Yeah. Raven's going to point that out to Hugo. If they're back to back, she's going to like stay over her shoulder. There's wires in there. That is all the information that he needs. I would like to use magic if possible. Hell yeah. Specifically, the effect that lets you banish a spirit or curse from a person, object, or the place it inhabits. Okay. Go ahead and use magic. What does this look like as you cast another spell? Uh, this time, similar thing of slapping hands on the ground, but this time going to try to touch one of the walls and then have the magic extend around the walls or rather to pulse through the wall I guess is the better way to word it yeah gotcha they only got an eight okay pick your glitch just because it's funny let's go with the immediate unwelcome attention hmm okay your tattoo glows as you call on the magic and try to banish whatever spirit is inhabiting these arms, wires, you're not quite sure. You touch that wall, you see some of the arms that are like coming out of this particular wall, because they're coming out of the ceiling, the floor, the opposite wall, everything. And you see them freeze up and contort a little bit as if they were being electrocuted themselves. And the arm phases away and the wire just drops limp. And you can see that the wire that was at the core of this thing is just like an electrical wire or like some sort of internet cable that was just like running through the wall of the, the hallway you're in. So that creates a, an area now that is free of arms. If you guys want to retreat to that like section of the hallway and defend that one spot. The unwelcome attention you hear over the intercom, the sound of applause briefly, and then it's a brilliant opening move by Mr. Rashad. So the ghost is watching your tactics carefully. I don't like that. Raven, the arm that was coming towards you is not on the wall that Hugo has cleared for a bit, and it is going to go and grab and reach at your arm. What you feel when this happens is almost like getting shocked, like when you rub your socks on the carpet too much. It's not like a paralyzing, you've been tased kind of jolt. You feel this static tingle, and then you are not in this hallway anymore. You're in high school, sophomore year, and you're walking down a hallway. This is just as you are really leaning heavily into your goth aesthetic. And let's just say that in Autumn Falls, it's not well received at first. And so you're at your locker, and a few of these cheerleader types waltz on by, but as you're going to get a book out, they slam your locker door closed and it hurts your hand and you're like, ah! And one of them in passing, see you outside, freak! 
and then you're back in the hallway. Basically, you've had a flashback of being in high school and like getting picked on by these bullies. And it like, it lasts not longer than the 20 seconds of that like tough memory of yours. And then the hand has let go, you're back in the hallway that you're in now and it's curving around you to get at Hugo. All right, I don't like these hands anymore. Can, <laughs> can Raven try to kick some ass? I feel like she's a little traumatized now and she's gonna try and do some kind of, I don't know, karate, but like trying to block the hand from getting to Hugo. Sure. Some kind of trying to get her armor hand in between the ghost hand and Hugo and try and like incapacitate it. Okay. That's very not good. Oh, is that an experience point? (laughs) That is. I rolled a a six minus one. Mm. Trying to help. She's trying to help you in the moment, so I don't <laughs> think so. Yikes. Man, so, the one time I try to kick some ass, this is what happens. <laughs> you go and perform this wrist lock on the arm as it reaches for Hugo. And while you can see the wire inside is the core of this thing, you can't actually grab the ghost hand the same way it grabbed you. And so you do. You deflect it and lock it away, but then you feel that tingle in your hand again. And I'm going to let you narrate this one. What's another painful memory of Raven's? Well, um, probably when her, she has an older sister named Robin, who's a doctor who works in Seattle, probably when she first moved away and she had to like watch her big sister, like move out knowing that she probably wouldn't see her that much because she's a doctor and she's so busy. Yeah. And just like Uh, being, being a kid and watching her, her older sister like drive away. So how old was Raven at the time? Maybe like 12. Her sister's like, like a few years older than her and she was leaving to... Yeah, probably like 12. Okay. Yeah, you you have this memory of sitting on the porch, kind of sad. You hear a voice behind you. Hey, Birdie, I heard you were feeling sad, so I came over to see what was up. And it's a young Bethany Miller from inside the house, and she's got like a little pastry or like a cupcake or something for you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then your brain gets like scrambly static for a second, and it's just a phone on a desk, and it's playing that voicemail that Bethany left you when she left. Uh, so you are just now, like, you, you kind of drop to your knees as you let go of this arm, having been zapped three times now by this bad memory juju. Aiden is going to, she's over here with Agent Ross, and she doesn't want to use her powers because the whole point is to try and, like, keep that under wraps. She sees you go down, and so she's going to try to protect you and get in between you and more of the arms as they come at you from the side of the wall that Hugo did not dispel. Let's see if I roll. That is a nine plus her tough. That makes it an 11. All right, all impending danger is now focused on Aiden. So she's just gonna get in the way of those arms and uh, the next attack that would come at you, Raven, she's gonna, she's gonna take it. Agent Ross, however, is not so much a protecting type. Uh, (laughs) She just has her sword and is going to try to kick some ass on these arms to get you guys a clear path out of this hallway. Six plus her is a nine. So for anyone listening who cares about like Monster of the Week mechanics, Agent Ross is a build that is designed to dish out as much harm as possible without a lot of defenses to back that up. So she does five harm to these arms. Her giant sword, which she's not holding in her hand, she makes it spin and it severs some of the wires as it glows with a similar spectral energy and the arms simply fizzle out as the wire that was their core drops to the ground. 
One of them grabs her ankle, and you see she freezes up as it, like, sends her down a bad memory path. But she shakes it off, and you guys have a clear path towards the stairs that will take you up to the first floor. And you hear over the, like, intercom again. Strong showings, but what will they find on the other side of the door? Raven's just gonna roll her eyes and be like, let's go. Let's keep going. (laughs) Ignore this guy. Aiden and Ross will cover the escape. You guys make it through that hallway and up into the stairwell. Let's jump to Damien. So Damien knows that he has his friends scattered all over this place. And he doesn't quite know his way around. So he is going to casually, because it doesn't seem like there's any danger, turn into a pigeon and begin the process of flying sort of randomly through the agency until he runs across his next group of friends. Wherever you deem a good place for him to go, he'll... Did, did we leave you off searching for Olivia Eastie or Whitaker last time? Well, we had called Whitaker, and they were, like, at the elevator. So we got up there, and then he had also called Raven, and they were on, like, the third floor. So he right. was flying to find. Okay, let's see. What's fun? <laughs> Damien, you, you're, you're distractible. We'll say. Not that there are many people to distract you. Most agents either were knocked out by the technology they were standing near, or you can see some of them as you fly through the hallways and check rooms in the agency. They seem to be wrapped in these cables up against the wall, almost as if they were like snared and then cinched up as if they're being like zip tied into the wall. How thick are these wires? Are we like inch big thick or like? They vary based on the cable in the wall that was there to spring out and and create these arms in the first place. Okay. So I could probably get like a couple pairs of, you know, have bigger wire clippers and stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, you could cut people down if you wanted to, but they're unconscious. So where you do find is you get up to pretty high up into the building. You wind up in, it's one big open room. So you can easily fly overhead over all the cubicles. Everyone seems to be knocked out, except as you fly over one, you hear, <laughs> Damien would make that sound with the pigeon. You land on this cubicle. Is the pigeon green? Are you beast boy in the way that you shapeshift in animals, or does it take on the right color? In this case, Damien has seen enough agents and enough non-humans that I think he would beast boy it and be green just because he's, he's in a safe place. So this green pigeon lands and, like, looks at whoever's in this cubicle you see kind of a short not overweight but like not trim looking kind of guy he's got a little bit of hair on the top of his head that's just combed back so it's neat and sort of a nose that's a little too sunburned and he's under his desk with a rolling file cabinet in front of him and he's just like go away uh damien will poof up to yeah just to a a normal person in a suit and just like hey what's uh what's going on but he's going to like huddle at that guy's level. That guy is like, I don't know. Who are you? Where'd you come from? How did you do that? You were a pigeon. Agent Damien Edgecrest at your service. He says, Ernie Evanston, do you know what's going on? Everybody passed out. And I came back from getting water. Oh yeah. Uh, electricity is hurting people. And there is the voice on the airwaves is out there terrorizing people. Yeah, I I heard that voice. It's real scary. What are we going to do? Oh, don't don't look to me for plans. You've got the wrong impression here. You're an agent! 
agent. You're supposed to be the one with the plan. I just work at the call center. I am the best follower this agency has ever seen. I can do so many cool things. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you just can't do them without prompting. <laughs> yes, yes, now, I have, now I have to think back and see the something cool. Oh, no one has been in a situation like this before. Uh, and this, this is cool and all, uh, but, you know, coward here, done that. Um, so good luck. Do you, do you need anything? Oh, here, uh, he's going to, Damien's going to hand him a few pairs of various wire clippers, uh, and like bolt cutters. Uh, here, uh, go, uh, cut some people out, kid. I'm going to go, uh, fly away. <laughs> so you just leave Ernie there. He has the clippers in his hands. It's just like, what? Cut people out of what? And you're, you're gone. All right. I like that quick little scene. Let's check in with Felicity. Oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Felicity is <laughs> angry. Mm-hmm. So at this point, she had just essentially torn the side off the building, right? Or the side off a of part of the building. Yeah, you kind of ripped the doors off the main entrance. Okay, so she's going to come down from where she was floating and be like, all right, let's go. Mac follows you. The ghost dissipated after he like launched those shots into it. He doesn't rush in. He's sauntering a little bit. And as you look around the lobby area, he just whistles. And he's like, this thing's certainly done a number on the place. To be clear, shooting the ghost did work. You can shoot a ghost. Yes, it, it did seem to yeah, cause this yeah. ghost to flicker away. Wait, 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 wait. Agent, pause. Were you, are you, are you, hey, hmm, this is like the first person are you not freaked out by what just what just happened well by, by the ghost i mean i said the line i know it was kind of cheesy it just felt like you no, know like you don't get opportunities like that door the- off and i flew in the air yeah that's like normal here and he smiles and just like pats your shoulder and he says sorry to be the one to tell you you're not quite as special as you might have thought that's fine wow Huh. Hang on a second. Yeah, Hang take a, a take a breather. I understand. This is not the tour I wanted to give you and your friends. This Let is me be the clear first on that. Time. No one's thought I was crazy. You oh see his my like God. You see his expression softens and he says, It can be tough living the kind of lives we live. But uh well, I think you're perfectly normal young lady with some very impressive powers. Normal? Well, sure. I mean, listen, I like donuts. You like donuts. More is there than that, you know? Yeah. Let's go save my friends now, maybe. All right. I like that plan. Yeah. And I'm going to keep running on in. All right. He strides over to the welcome desk. And whereas Damien just stole Susie's access card, Mac is going to sit her up in the chair and (laughs) pat her hand and be like, hey, Susie. You there? Come on, Buttercup. I'm going to tap her on the cheek. Be like, Susie. And, and she stirs a little. Good morning. Ah, what happened? There's a ghost. I tore the doors off. Oh. Do I have to pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> Mac is kind of like, we'll sort it all out in the wash after we get this solved. I assumed you guys had some form of insurance or something. But anyway, good morning. I hope <laughs> you're doing well. What kind of magical powers do you have? Susie rubs her temples a little bit. I'm the receptionist. So you're really good at organizing. Hmm. 
best in the business, says Mac as he like helps Susie to her feet. Agent Spiegel, what is the situation? Who's in command? And he says, well, situation, uh, my dear Susan, is absolute bedlam. And as far as who is in command, uh, <laughs> he kind of smirks. <laughs> Anyone who's conscious, which at the moment I can only guarantee is the three of us. You're welcome. <laughs> and she says, right, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do from here. I'll try and get into the system. Can you see the cameras from here? When she goes to try and access her computer, it will not turn on. She tries like flipping her surf protector, unplugging, plugging it back in. Like you guys stand there for maybe like five minutes while she attempts this. But she eventually just says, everything seems to be down. I, I don't know what to do now. Felicity, why don't you, why don't you act under pressure since you're in charge? <laughs> I am in charge. <laughs> maybe a not good idea because I have no pluses. But, uh, nine! Nice. All right. I need to act under pressure. You tell me what Felicity wants to do in this moment, and I will use your nine to flavor the situation in which she's allowed to do that thing. Felicity would like to try to fix something or figure out something to be able to find out where in the building her friends are. Hmm. Because that is her main objective right now, is find my friends and make sure they're safe. Well, there is the elevators off to the side. There's the three different ones. One has the single button on it. Another has a bunch of floors. And then there's another one that seems to be like a larger freight elevator. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could just floor by floor go up and down. But as you're looking around trying to get a vantage point or where you can hook up with people, the computer that Susie is sitting at flickers on and she shrieks and jumps up and gets behind Mac, who is on guard, but he doesn't like draw his gun because it's just the computer at this point. There's no ghostly figure. And that silhouetted backlit figure in black and white flickers on the screen with the like moving lines through it like it's an old broadcast. Is Susie sitting in her seat? She is not as soon as it happens. She, she hops right up. I am hopping right in that seat. I'm ready to talk to this guy. All right. Rush behavior by your partner there. Now let's have a conversation. Yeah, let's. Where are my friends? Well, now, I can't spoil the game for you. That would be no fun. What game? Why, the game of storytelling. You and I are going to spin quite the narrative. Are you going to hurt them? That depends. Would that be dramatic? Might it inspire you to greater acts of heroism? No. <laughs> Susie whispers to Mac, The computer is unplugged. And you look and it is. There's no power coming into this thing. Okay, hang on. What is it that you were trying to get from this? What do you want? The video flickers for a second. And rather than the voice, you hear like band fanfare playing. Action, adventure, views from the front lines. We're coming to you live from the Easty Agency. So you just want what? Some fun? Is this what this is to you? Is fun? And it continues in that same like sort of announcing a show voice. Tonight, we're going to bring you drama that will pull at the heartstrings. Tickle your imagination and drive your dreams wild with possibility. I don't know what this whole game is, but I'm not playing it. 
I just want to talk to you, okay? And when you say that, the figure reaches its hand forward and a ghostly hand out of the computer screen and grabs you by your collar. Felicity doesn't flinch at all. Okay, but you do feel that static and you're not in the agency. You're at home and you're in your room and downstairs there's shouting going on. Sounds like a man in a woman's voice. And they're really going at it. And you see Ghosty by the door with its little head down near the, the crack. And Tom is hiding behind a curtain in your room. And you hear a door slam. <laughs> and a guy walks out of the front door of your house, gets into a car, and, and drives away. <laughs> You're back in the agency. The hand still has you, but it pulls you a little closer to the monitor, and the voice says, You can't opt out of this game, my dear. Before it disappears, can Felicity use magic to try to crush the computer? Of course. Good. Felicity's gonna be like, Nope, that's it. Twelve. Yeah. (laughs) You have have very strong magic rolls, Felicity. You destroy this thing. Sorry, about your computer. <laughs> yeah, like, you you just react again. You're emotional and angry, and you just react yeah. again, and the computer and the whole front of the desk that you're sitting at just <laughs> and is blasted away in front of you, as if someone had set off a charge in front of Felicity. That's it. We are not speaking to him anymore. He's not going to control this. We're going on that elevator, and we're going to find which floor they're on. We don't need him. Susie painfully, like, looks at her, like, ruined desk (laughs) and, and, like, glances around the room and looks up at the cafe where there's people slumped over in chairs. I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna get everyone upright and make sure no one's hurt their head or anything when they fell. And Mac gives, like, a stern nod. That sounds like a plan. If you can wake anybody else up, get them doing triage with you. We'll, uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. So you head over to the elevator. And we're literally just going to go floor by floor. Oh, you know what? Wait, can I use um, hunches? Which of your game-breaking mechanics is that one? (laughs) (laughs) I try not to use them a lot because they're ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's not that game-breaking in this situation because Felicity was with us. It would really be a hunch to be like, I bet they went up a floor. Yeah. Like, no, that's probably uh, where they yeah. are. A thousand uh, when percent. When something bad is happening, somewhere that you aren't roll plus sharp, on a 10 plus, you know where you need to go and get there just in time. On a 7 or 9, you get there late in time to intervene, but not to prevent it altogether. On a miss, you get there just in time to be in trouble yourself. Go ahead and roll. Okay. And we'll just see. She's so broke. <laughs> 10. So you show up to stop bad things from happening. I know where I need to go and get there just in time. Basically, I feel like that would be like, I know which floor they're on. Yeah, you go into the elevator and Mac is looking at the buttons like longer and like holding the doors open so he can decide where we think we're going to look. And you just straight up, not even looking, like you look at him while you're talking and you just press a button and you're like, we got to find my friends. And he's like, (laughs) "Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, sure. My good place is any to start. And so you, you start going up in the elevator. Cool. Whitaker, you are down in cold storage with Norm Northunder and Olivia Easy. You my had best just... friend and my worst enemy. <laughs> You're about to leave 
and as you're approaching the door, you see a figure on the other side of it, that same like staticky figure that everyone else has been seeing and that you saw step out briefly in the upstairs offices. It has pulled a lever on the other side of this door and Norm is slowly lumbering out of his office and he's like, hey, that's the guy who... And the door to cold storage starts to close gun out so the door's closing all right the doors are closing yeah i'm gonna try to run through the door i'm gonna fucking shoot this static man you're gonna have to act under pressure i will all right (laughs) let's see um that's a 13. Ooh. okay whitaker you are running towards the door and it's like an indiana jones moment right you slide underneath just as they kodak uh, moment Yep, the the ghost on the other side turns its head to regard you and does like a slow clap. That just sounds fucking sarcastic. I'm it's actually him. not, it doesn't make any noise, but yeah, you, you lay into him? Yeah, I'm gonna kick some ass. Okay. I upgraded my tough, so it's now plus two instead of plus one, which is a 12 to hit. Wait, no, this isn't D&D. It's a 12. It's a 12. That's a success. And I think because it is above a 10, you get a bonus. Oh, ooh. You can take plus one forward, you can inflict terrible harm, you can suffer less harm, you can force them where you want them. I want to I wanna force them where I want them, and I want to try and, as much as you can do this with a ghost, I want to try to force this ghost against a wall. So and you, you can say that doesn't work. Well, are you, not, are you not shooting it then? You're going to try and like forcibly like have it against the wall with your gun on it? or I'm assuming we're close. I'm assuming I'm close to it, right? You're, really, you're like on the ground and it's just standing there doing like a clap motion. It's going to be pistol out, arm against, bang, bang, right up here. As much as a ghost has any of those body parts. So, yeah, you chokehold this thing and then just like unload twice. You notice that rather than the flash of like a gunpowder bullet that comes out of your gun, it's a green spark that fires out of it. (laughs) You see the head of this ghost flies back and like little bits of static and sparks fly up along with this green burst. I, Emery, completely forgot about that. The magic bullets? (laughs) Yeah, the magic bullets. (laughs) And so it reacts and there's like a quiet moment as the echoes of your gunfire ring out in the stairwell and the ghost's head lolls down as if you've executed it and then a beat and its hand reaches up and grabs your wrist and you get a static and you're not in the agency. Where is Agent Whitaker? Ooh. In the surprisingly vast fortress that is Whitaker's mind, there is a lot for this ghost to choose from. I'll give you this if you want a, like a direction for it. The ghost is looking for a formative experience. Um, we get to a young Whitaker, maybe late teens, in a bar with a friend. His good friend Jason. It's a London bar, and um, two of them got fake IDs been hanging out there for a while now and Whitaker asked Jason you want to go prom with me and Jason gives him a look a long look and recoils pretty badly is that what this was but I thought we were just Lonnie I thought we were just two mates getting drinks that's uh no god god no I didn't know absolutely not and you are back in the moment 
the ghost, its arm is still grabbing you. By the time your vision clears and you're back in the moment, it has started to sort of delete itself from the head down. And the last thing to disappear is the hand, which the index finger on it just taps you twice as it disappears. Oh man, yeah. Uh, Whitaker is proper stunned for like a good, a good few beats there. You are brought out of your stunned moment by Olivia Eastie. From the other side of the door is like pounding on it. And she says, Whitaker, Whitaker, get the door open. Uh, right, right. And yeah, he goes and finds the latch to pull the thing back open. When you flip the lever, there's no reaction in the door. Ooh. Oh no, what a shame. I can't be hanging out <laughs> with this blood sucking. What you hear her say, Whitaker, it's affecting the climate control in here. And uh, Norm, his voice comes to the other side of the door also. Yeah, Whitaker, you're going to want to try and figure this out soon. Or uh, my boys, I mean, I'm okay if it gets a little colder in here, but not many of them are dressed for winter weather, as you might say. Yeah, yes, that's a good point. Uh, all right. I imagine there's like maybe a little access panel to get to the, the wires and stuff behind the lever or near mm-hmm. the lever. We're going to give that a look. Okay. Whitaker uh, is not an IT man, but <laughs> yeah. he's about to be. Yeah, I mean, it's a jumble of wires, unless you think, if you want to, like, act under pressure to try and jerry-rig or just, like, a luck roll, but it's up to you. I was going to see if there was, like, cut wires or if anything it was just, like, sparking beyond, like, if oh, there's anything, okay. like, tampered with. There is no, like, physical damage to the electronics. Good. Yikes. And the lever's doing nothing. Are the lights still on? Is there still electricity down here? Or is it all just dark? The light on this side of the door is flickering, but inside the lights were slowly from the back of the big warehouse space turning off towards the door when you slid under it. Okay. You gather it's pretty dark in there now. And the static ghost is disappeared, you say? Is gone? Yeah. Yep. That manifestation is no longer there with you. Is there glass between me and Miss Eastie. There is not. She's just shouting at you from the other side of this fairly thick door. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to look <laughs> up the questions for what Act Under Pressure versus Investigative Mystery. Well, Act oh. Under Pressure is less a question that you could ask. It's you say you want to do something, and then you roll, and depending on how you roll, I get to tell you whether you do it or you have to, like, pay something in order to do it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, oh, you know what I should do? I should read a bad situation, because that's exactly what this is. Certainly. <laughs> that's a sharp roll. Unless you have a thing where you get to roll cool for that. I feel like you have a move that lets you roll a different stat where you normally would roll. I'm trying to remember if that was for investigate. No, no, it was for read a bad situation. It was like yeah. tactical something or other. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, it's just a seven. Well, you get to ask one question. Okay, what's my best way in? Your best way in is not working because this is cold storage. This is where all the dangerous things are kept. When this door closes, it's meant to close. This room is the AC agency vault. There is no way in other than this one door because they want to be able to seal it if they need to. But one way in would be to see if you can somehow reroute power. But Mm -hmm. you're not the person to do that. You know there are people in the building who you might ask to do that for you. So if you could hook up with them, that's the best way to like get this door open and get these people saved in terms of like the quickest solution to the immediate danger to them. Yeah, uh, Whitaker is going to try calling one of those people to see if they're... Uh, oh no, all the fucking phones are dead. Didn't you smash yours or something when it started to... 
or you left it upstairs when it like, uh, exploded in the <laughs> you elevator? Just chucked it onto the roof of the elevator. Yeah, <laughs> like a badass. Um, there was a there was like a set of switches and shit in cold storage, wasn't there? There was ways to reroute power in there because that's what we were discussing when we were trying to think of ways to trap the. There's a fuse box. A uh, fuse box in there, which Norm had said it was like on the fritz. He was like. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. seem to figure it out. Olivia was going to take a look at it, but... Um, okay, yeah, Whitaker, through the door, he's going to say, I'm going to go find someone who can get power back to this door. How much time do you think you have? It sounds like Norm has left the discussion. Maybe Olivia gave him an order to go do something. Then you hear her call back through. She says, as quick as you can, Agent. Good luck out there. And Whitaker is going to turn and find the nearest staircase to get to wherever the power is controlled. Whitaker, as you head up the stairs in search of someone who can help you, we briefly cut back inside cold storage, and we see Norm is carrying a few of the bodies of the workers who work down here with him and stacking them in the office next to a little space heater. They all seem to still be unconscious, but he's, he's pulling out any extra jackets that he has down here and like scarves and like hand warmers and things and putting them in people's pockets to keep them, keep their body heat warmed up. And you can see that while he is a big, furry, fluffy, abominable snowman, he is like breathing now and frost is coming out of his mouth and nostrils as he's working. Olivia Eastie is standing there with her hand on the door and her head down as, you know, she hears your footsteps going up the staircase, but she turns around and just like, <sighs> but there is no steam that comes out of her mouth. We are going to jump back to our group of four, Raven, Hugo, Aiden, and Agent Ross. So where are we trying to go? What is our plan here? You're kind of just following Agent Ross, and I suppose her first attempt would be to get to ground level. She is just dashing up the stairs, her big glowy sword just following her, hovering around her. You guys come out of the stairwell. Um, oh no, that's right, because you just went in the elevator. Perfect. So, so we see the doors on the elevator with Mac and Felicity close and like ding and go up and a moment later the door opens up and Hillary and everyone rushes out into the, the main floor area. And you see the reception desk has been destroyed. You know not how. You see the doors have been ripped off. You hear turrets outside and like sparks and things flashing. You look around. You see, it looks like the receptionist. She's like lifting people up from their chairs up in the cafe area. But she seems to be the only active person up here. Did we hear the elevator ding? I'm going to say no, because it's fun narratively. Okay. <laughs> We do see that the door is, like, ripped open. Is that where Felicity came in? That's the front entrance, yes. Okay, so we do see that there's some type of, like, hole there. Oh, yeah, there's carnage up here on the first floor lobby because the doors have been torn off and thrown aside and the front desk has just been obliterated. Raven's gonna, like, nod to the the gaping open doors and just be like, do you think that was Felicity? Agent Ross says... Don't go outside. If the perimeter defenses have been engaged, you'll be chewed up before you take three steps. Noted. And she briskly walks over and starts questioning Susie. <sighs> I don't know what to do. I guess, I guess Raven's going to investigate a mystery because she doesn't know what else to do. 
I think she's going to walk over to the computer because like she saw the phones explode, but this is like a whole computer that exploded and try and, I don't know, just see like, did it explode the same way as everything else? Well, this computer has been imploded. Yeah. By like force. It is a crushed, crumpled bit of machinery now. I think she's trying to figure out if that was Felicity or if it was like the phones. Oh, okay. I like rolled and then didn't even look at it. (laughs) I keep forgetting my sharp is three now. That's a 13. Nice. I think she is, we're going to ask what happened here. Because like I know what happened, but I want Raven to figure out what happened. I don't want to be like, oh, this was obviously Felicity. Right, yeah. The damage done to this computer and the damage to the doors, you don't remember hearing an explosion. And there's no, like, scorch marks or burn marks or anything. And so Raven's analytic brain is running, like, a a hot server. And she puts together, like, okay, yeah, no, this was Felicity. This is right up her alley in terms of the type of stuff she's been doing lately. It Uh, looks like it's crushed, like, what she did in the, uh... In the the training training room room earlier, yeah. Yep, exactly. I think she's gonna ask, where did it go? And that applies to either Felicity or the ghost, if there's any hint... I know, like, the computer was unplugged. Like, I know it's destroyed. So, like, she doesn't know where the ghost could have gone. But any anything she can figure out. You look over towards, or you scan the room, basically. As you're looking around, you stand up from the ruined front desk. You glance over at the elevators, and you do see on one of them, the number of floors is slowly ticking up. I think she's going to start heading over towards it and get, like, Hugo and Aiden's attention and be like, I think that's Felicity. She was just here. And to confirm this, Agent Ross floats over once more. Susie is still up there dealing with people, but she says, Your friends were here. Apparently they owe Susie a new computer. But they're headed upstairs. Raven's just going to go up to the elevator and hit, like, the down button, or the the button to, like, call it to come down. (laughs) She's like, come back, Felicity! I am enjoying the horror element of keeping y'all apart. (laughs) As you're hitting that button, Raven... It does that thing where it like lights up, but elevator's not responding right away. And you see the the floor numbers on the top of it going like four, five, and then it says no. And you hear an announcement. No shortcuts. And the displays on like the menu screen up at the cafe fizz and that figure is there standing again in the room and it says from like way over there everyone has a pot to play time to rescue some bystanders and the arms start to grow out of those panels and Susie is up there and she just screams absolute terror raven starts running she's heading over there she's not gonna let innocent people get hurt she likes Susie. Susie did nothing wrong and i think raven runs over there with full confidence knowing that Aiden and Hugo are going to follow. I don't even think she tries to like pull them along like she knows. Hugo, what are you doing? Following. (laughs) Alrighty. There's probably like the briefest eye contact between the two of them of like, we're both going. You see Ross catches up with you, Raven, and her sword is like following her. Aiden, as she's running next to you, Hugo, you hear her say, I've had enough of this. And she's going to use her angel wings to bamf over to the cafe because she's been there before. So you see Agent Ross getting ahead of you and then there's a light 
in front of the cafe and Aiden is just there on top of a table and the arms go and reach for where Susie is, but she's gonna protect Susie. And I think I'm just gonna carry over the bit from the last fight you guys had where all the danger is focused on her now. Susie, her screaming like halts for a second and then she like screams again because someone just teleported in front of her. She's having a rough morning. So I guess that's a text roll from Aiden. Seven. So she is going to suffer some or all the harm they were going to get. The arms, they just latch onto her. She can't defend them all. She bats a few of them away. They grab her arms. One of them grabs a leg. And you see she locks up under them. They might be like shocking her more than before. And as they pull away, her stance lowers a little bit. And there's this glazed look in her eyes. Like she saw something that really messed with her. You hear the voice in the screen at the cafe, like the menu that's being lit up right now. What was, and shink, Ross's sword goes through that monitor. and uh, basically cleaves it in half. <laughs> There's still arms and things coming out of different menus in the cash register and stuff, but like she goes over, gives Aiden a shake on the shoulder and the two of them go defensively in front of Susie. What are you guys doing? I want to say that they have that part handled. Yeah, they're now two targets in front of the civilian. Oh no. Are we going to split up more? No. <laughs> we wouldn't, would we? You tell me, Hugo. What are you thinking? I guess we're going on a trip. In our favorite rocket ship? In our favorite rocket ship, which just happens to be on fire and exploding. It's fine. <laughs> you know, the usual. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can we make that canon that Hugo whispers that we're going on a trip and raving the songs in our favorite rocket ship? Because yes. I feel like they need that. Yes, I love that for them. <laughs> Since neither of them can do anything in this moment, apparently, except make bad jokes. There are plenty of targets. These arms are, like, rising again. Ross cleaved one monitor in half, but, like, you guys been to this cafe. There's plenty of LCD menus that have arms coming out of them now. Raven's just torn between, like, if we... We can punch out all these screens, but that's not, like, the arms are just going to pop up somewhere else. You know what I mean? We're not. Yep, absolutely. We're not stopping them. We're just <laughs> temporarily stopping them from being right here. So that's that's her hesitation of, like, this isn't helping, really. It's just slowing it down temporarily. Deal with the immediate, then get to the source? Yeah. Like, are why there... why keep exhausting ourselves on just a useless quest? We should find the source. And stop it there. Aiden, we'll be right back. <laughs> we don't know where we're going. There's stairs versus the elevator. Um, are there any of those, I don't know what the proper term for it is. It's not a placard, but it's like the signs that have like the long bars attached to it first. It's like an A-shaped frame has the sign itself and then there's two supporting arms. I'm trying to find <laughs> something I can use as a stick. There's a mop in the cafe behind the counter. We know what has to happen there. Gotta grab a mop. Okay. Do you, like, kick the head of it off or, like, break it or? Nope, keeping the head on. All right. (laughs) Hugo grabs a mop. Raven is so confused. She's, like, fully trusting Hugo to do something cool and smart, but she's a little lost right now. They just established that they're going to do something, and then he gets a mop, and she's like, what? (laughs) You had your specialties. I had mine, remember? While you were busy working on your footwork, I was studying the mop. And he's going to start running to the stairs and try oh, to make sure she comes with him. What a good boy. <laughs> Raven's just going to throw one look at Aiden and be like, uh, you got this? Yeah, you got this. And take off after Hugo. All right, yes, good. 
you turn around and Aiden is kind of looking at you like, uh, and Ross shoulder checks her and is like in the air floating with her sword whirling around to like create a defense. And she just turns at Aiden and yells at her. She's like, focus up, weirdo. And that kind of snaps Aiden out of it. And the two of them, as you guys close the door on the stairwell, you see the like Aiden and Hillary leap into action against these arms. Before they go through the door, Raven calls over her shoulder, be nice to my friend. Felicity, you're in the elevator with Agent Spiegel and you get a couple floors up Mm -hmm. and then the light inside flickers and it there's like a lurching halt to the elevator's movement and it stops and ding the doors do open it is not the floor that you hit the button for okay um i'm gonna run out and take a look around felicity is all action right now she's not thinking of course you are on the fifth floor it's dark in here the hallways again have very limited lighting you can see the lit up exit signs that have like the sort of red glow to them and there is a flashing crackling spark from a a light bulb that blew when the the power got surged max steps out of the elevator behind you and he says well another little bump in the road let's not let it get us flustered miss starnbrook have you ever uh used a weapon myself fair enough Well, let me tell you, I feel like we might be able to outfit you in something a little sturdier than that very adorable sweater you're wearing. Please. Thank you. And so he leads you down a hallway towards a a room that says requisitions. And as you guys go down that hallway, a shape that is behind you, you're not aware of it, rushes past. I want to jump right back to Whitaker. So Whitaker, you're heading up the stairs. You are focused on the athletic task of running up six flights of stairs at yes. the moment. And so you don't notice when a green pigeon and like collides with your head as you're like running up the stairwell. <laughs> I, well, I love how you phrase that. I don't even notice. I don't even notice. You don't even notice. <laughs> I just keep on going. But yeah, you, you collide with a green pigeon Damien. Ah. Oh, perfect. Damien? Yes. And he turns back into... Uh, Sort of looks like Neil Patrick Harris, but he sort of elongates the features a little bit. I love the visual, though, of, of, like, the pigeon hitting Whitaker, faltering in the air, and then just, like, melting. And as it melts, it forms this person, like, from the top down. (laughs) Can can you be anyone else right now? (laughs) I don't need need just Neil Patrick Harris in a crisis. I need Liam Neeson. Can you be Liam Neeson, please? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's Liam Neeson, but it's uh, a younger version. All right, young Liam Neeson, we can work with that. All right, are the others okay? Uh, I've been looking for him this whole time. Great, excellent. Um, keep looking for him. I'm gonna go make sure the power's back on downstairs so we can get some people out of cold storage. I, no, look, I, I was so lost. You can't leave me alone. Everyone else I see is lying down. It makes me want to lie down too. Okay, that's not where I'm useful. I need to be assisting. So I'm gonna stick with you, Whitaker. All right, well, um, do you know anything about the electrical? No, (laughs) I didn't learn things like that. And how much time that would take? There's so many more exciting things to do. What did you learn, Damien? What did you learn, (laughs) Damien? What did you learn, (laughs) Damien? Rather than electrical systems or plumbing, what did he learn instead? would spend a significant time anywhere. Can I, can I make a suggestion? Please do. The single ladies dance. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. You see, Liam Neeson 
pull out does like small a small pocket radio. Yeah. Yep. Clicks, yep. and Beyonce comes on. And he just starts, It's like echoing throughout the whole hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a big staircase, and you just hear it. Just resonating. Just crushing it at single ladies. And Whitaker just standing there, like, absolutely dumbfounded. It's very impressive. This was worth practicing. We're going. Yeah, let's go. Very impressive, actually. I'm going to be honest with you. Really hit the beats there. We do have to go. That, that means a lot. Hey, uh, are these always big enough for me to turn into a horse and like... We're on a staircase. Uh, no, that'd be a bad We're idea. We're on a staircase. <sighs> One day. Damien, don't be a horse. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. We're looking for, yeah. um, looking for the electrical facilities so we can get some power back on. Whitaker, why don't you give me a straight sharp roll? Straight sharp. We Not a move, just roll and add your sharp. All right. Um, so it's five. Whitaker's still, like, a little bit, like, bedazzled by the single ladies dance. He's not thinking straight. (laughs) That wasn't the response he was expecting, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're just a little flustered by running into Damien, of all people. Of all people that you hope to run into at your agency of professional agents and, you know, monster hunters. It's the one I like the least. (laughs) I know, and that's why I was completely obligated to stick with you. Well, now Damien has really, to, uh, because I just need this to happen. It's Whitaker's character development session, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You continue on up, up the stairs. Raven and Hugo, what floor do you stop and look around on? That's up to Hugo. I'd assume that we'd just be going up a floor, popping out, looking to see if the elevator was still moving up or down, mm-hmm. depending, and then just keep chasing it, essentially. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So... Hugo comes up with this clever idea to just like check the elevator doors on each floor as you guys progress. You go for a ways. It takes you a few minutes to like check every floor, check the door of the elevator, check the button to see if it lit up or anything. You're far enough away now that you don't hear the sounds of the fighting going on, but you like are getting worried. Like I thought it'd be quick, but we left Aiden and Ross down there by themselves. Eventually make it up to the fifth floor and the elevator doors are open. It has seemed to stop moving there. And again, it's this red light from the exit signs. And that's pretty much it in the hallways. You see a sign that says, gym, armory, and requisitions. Hmm. Hugo, how are you feeling about that mop? Feel like that mop's going to protect you? My first thought was armory. Yeah, probably should go to the armory. Yeah, let's check it out. Worst case scenario, it's all locked up and we can't get in. But there might be something useful. You... Head to this armory. When you get there, the doors are like a pair of sliding doors where one is all the way shut. The other one seems to have gotten stuck halfway open. So it's kind of a narrow thing you can slide through and and get inside this room. Again, it's very dark. Do either of you have a flashlight with you? I feel like that's part of your equipment, Raven, right? Yeah. She always carries her, uh, the playbook calls it a watchman's flashlight. I guess that's like the big kind, the heavy kind that counts as a weapon. The mag light. Got a cute little, uh, oh, little like holstery thing for it. Mm-hmm. So you are using your flashlight to look around. Uh, what are you looking for specifically here? Raven would be looking for some type of weapon that she could use. If there's any guns in there, she's just gonna like look right past them. Mm-hmm. She has like no experience and no confidence in using one, and probably trying to find anything that looks familiar that Hugo would have any experience with. 
because she's seen him in the karate studio like anything that looks like something he could use so this room it is very much weapons in cases that have like a little lock and a slide door to like check out and you have a key that's like on a key ring there is a person fallen down and unconscious behind the counter there are also drawers and racks that have more handheld weapons there's some swords there's a bunch of knives so if you want to grab a few knives raven you can that's kind of the extent of it. There aren't a lot of exotic types of weapons that maybe Hugo is familiar with, having learned from all these ancient monster hunting groups. Mm-hmm. There's some batons, there's a rocket launcher type large machine gun, there's some automatic handhelds, there's just some standard nine millimeters, and like ammo in boxes and things on different shelves and drawers. All right, Raven's going to, if she can find any like little throwing knives, she's going to grab some of them. Um, she actually already carries, it doesn't specify how, how many, I imagine it's only two or three if it's the little tiny ones. So she'll grab a couple of those to like increase her stash. She's going to check on the attendant and make sure they have like a pulse. Yeah, they're alive. They're kind of groggy when you like try and wake them up. Mm-hmm. Does the attendant, they're like awake enough? Not really she to was, converse. You can see their key ring is there, so you can, can like take, take the, the keys. Key? Yeah, you totally okay. can. All right, yeah. He's going to check to make sure they have a pulse and then take their keys. That just um, unlocks like the cases with the, you know, firearms and stuff on them. Yeah. I don't think she's so. good. She's, she's just, she's got the keys in her hand just in case you see something good. She'll probably grab like a baton for Hugo just because it's better than a mop handle. Mm-hmm. Hugo, what are you doing? Because you're in the room too. Okay. Yeah, she'll, she'll hand the baton to Hugo. He's going to put the baton on the ground because he feels much better with a mop, which he can use as a spear. That's oh, valid. Anything else you see? Hugo, why don't you roll me a sharp roll? Okay. Uh, nine. Oh, wait. Ten, because I had the plus one from the forward. Oh, there you go. Hugo, Raven hands you this baton. You're like, I'm good. I got a mop. The floor in here is tile and... You hear what sounds like little picks skittering across the floor in here. That's not comforting at all. No, it's not. This is Monster of the Week. Welcome to the game. (laughs) Does Raven hear it too? Because if so, she's shining her flashlight around. She's trying to... Yeah, you you start to pick up on the sound. You shine your flashlight down. Because again, this is requisitions for the whole agency. There are shelves and like bookcases style units that just have like ammunition, grenades, body armor, things like that, just like sitting on it. And you see a a shape at the far end of this behind one of the shelving units. It is not glowing. It does not resemble the ghost that you were dealing with before. Hmm. The hell was that? Skitter, 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 skitter. Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that at all. Skitter, 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 skitter. I think Raven not like back to back with Hugo again. Not taking any chances. Yep, make our way to the door. Just like slowly doing the, okay. the spinning thing. <laughs> Looking around, guys, backing up yep. towards the door. Get into the hallway. Where are you going she from leaves here? leaves the keys. Okay, she just drops them on the counter. Yeah. As you both back out of the room, we zoom in down on the keys, and a pointed insectoid appendage just comes mm-hmm. down and picks up those keys, and then mm-hmm. you guys are running down the hallway. Where are you going? <sighs> I want to be a good person and not steal the keys. I know someone else has them. Damn it. Okay. Would we just head the other way? Yeah, there's two other places. There's the gym and... There's like a requisitions office, which is for things like vehicles or like uniforms, that sort of thing. 
dealing with RV insurance and all that stuff. Yeah, that sort of stuff. <laughs> Your standard issue agent toothbrush, that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like they had there. I I don't think she's <coughs> Raven's not really interested in the gym. Doesn't think there's anything particularly helpful or interesting that would be in there. So as you guys are running down this hallway, that sound of the skittering legs is following you. Mm. Uh, it seems to be speeding up. I don't like that at all. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, God. If we don't see anything? You haven't turned back. You gotta tell me when you do these things. I, I don't think Raven would run without looking back. I think it would be very much like a couple steps, check. Couple steps, like check again. Okay. There's no you... way after hearing noises like that, she would run straight ahead without looking. Is she using her flashlight or just like glancing back in the red of the room? I think glancing back, I, she, if she's running with Hugo and they're both using the flashlight to run forward, she's going to keep the flashlight forward so that way they don't like trip or run into anything, but she's going to like quick check back over her shoulder. There is a large shape coming after you guys. Hugo, there's something following us. <laughs> what do we do? You see it catching some of the red light and like reflecting off this shiny black carapace. Oh. It's as bugs. The, it's like, a bug. As, as the legs are like running and getting closer and closer. There's so many legs. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? We keep running to our destination until it gets close enough. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and Raven's not going to look back anymore. She's just going to put all of her force into running. All right. Okay. You guys just continue to run. You continue to run. You see as you're coming up on the door that says requisitions office, the light in the first like room doesn't seem to be on, but then you can see beyond that there's another back room, maybe a different office or something back there. And there seems to be light coming out of that doorway. You guys run, you fiddle with the door, it swings open. And from behind you, you hear someone yell, please hold the door. Oh. Did it sound like it was coming from the direction of the giant bug creature? Yes. I hate that. <laughs> I guess we're holding open the door. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know about that. Raven's going to get into the room. Okay. She's not going to like close it on Hugo, but she's in the room. Raven gets in the room. The handle like ready to close it. Do you shine the flashlight back at this creature? Yeah, if they're stopped in there at the door, she's shining the light on it. Okay. What you see speeding down the hallway is a large arachnid body, but where a spider's face would be coming out of that is the torso of a slightly thin young woman in like a blazer. <gasps> Raven's her, grabbing Hugo by the back of the shirt and pulling him into the room and slamming the door. She is her not hair, having any of that. <laughs> her hair is in like a short pixie cut and she's carrying what looks to be like a bag. It's jingling around like maybe it's got some ammunition in it or something like that. And when you slam the door shut, you see this person, creature, whoever, like comes up to the door and is like tap, tap, tapping on it with their hand. And it's like, please open up. I don't want to be out here alone. So... Hugo is going to not so much lose his shit, but he's almost fanboying. Because <laughs> unlike a day who is terrified of spiders, oh, no. Hugo is a fan of spiders. Yep. And is having a moment of, wait, is that a drider? Wait, what? Yeah. And he's yeah. going to try to open the door. Raven's hyperventilating. <laughs> Perfect. Both player and character do not. I can't even pretend to be okay with spiders. <laughs> it's not happening. 
I'm so sorry. I hate spiders so much. I think Raven's panicking so much, straight up hyperventilating, that if, yeah, if Hugo's yeah. trying to open the door, I don't think she has the power to stop him. If he sees her freaking out that much, he's not even going to open it. She's losing uh, her shit. <laughs> this woman is now like, not banging on the door, but she's kind of like, like her hand is on the handle. She's like, come on, open it up. And from behind you, from that back office, Felicity, you step out and Agent Mac kind of oh follows and he says, uh, hey, let Phoebe in. I think Raven's gonna try and hug Felicity, but in also like he's gonna like kind of get her arms around her and then just slowly collapse to the floor when and put Felicity, her head to your knees. When Felicity <laughs> comes out of the elevator, oh no no oh, no, Felicity, no. you are in this room that Phoebe is trying to get into because you know who Phoebe oh, is. Yeah, she's the she's the uniform designer of the Eastie Agency. Mm -hmm. You and Mac came up here when the floor stopped to get you some armor. That's uh, right. That's and, right. And Phoebe had gone to get it because she's the quickest and stealthiest of the people That's you're right. with. Okay. So. so when Felicity sees her friend, she's going to be like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. You have no idea what I have done. Where's the rest of them? Downstairs. Downstairs? Yeah. We just went upstairs. I know. We just went upstairs. Raven's on the floor. <laughs> she's still okay. down to Felicity, but like head between the knees staring at the floor. Yeah. I'm so glad we came here for a costume change and found you. At this point, Agent Mac comes over the door and steps in front of you, uh, Hugo. Can I please let my associate in? Uh, Hugo, let him in. I, I would love for you to do that. Hugo, let him in. J just, just a second. Can I get a hug? You can get a hug, but I'm going to need you to hug Raven a little bit tighter first. Okay. <laughs> just a little bit. Okay. And ha have her look look over at that corner for a little while, and he's gonna turn back to him, he's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. So Mac opens the door, he's like, get in here, Phoebe. And so this spider woman, spider click, 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 scatters through the door, and she quickly makes her way back into that back room where the lights are on. Mac turns to uh, Felicity. Raven, you're there with like your head on her shoulder. He- uh... Absolutely white as a ghost, <laughs> completely, like all the blood is drained out of her, horrified. He pauses for a second and he says, First day here can be rough. Hey there, adventurers. It's a short ad break this week. I've got some updates to share about the show and a compliment corner to get to. Compliments are more fun, though, so let's do that first. This week, I want you all to know about a kind, generous, and talented friend of mine, Curiously Crimson. You can see her cosplay work on Instagram, and it is a delight. The level of finish and detail on all of her work is stunning. Her husband is a top-notch maker as well, and together, they're an incredible cosplay team. I've learned so much from them, and not just little tips here and there. I mean major and important lessons that you really remember when someone teaches you the right way. Which honestly makes perfect sense, since Crimson is a teacher for realsies. All my cosplay wigs have her to thank, because now I know how to detangle and care for them. But all of you adventurers have her to thank as well, because along with this compliment corner, the generous support we got from Curiously Crimson is allowing us to purchase new mics for our cast. So, hooray, equipment upgrades. Now, a reminder that this sort of upgrade is coming well after this episode in our backlog, so the audio change-ups won't happen instantly. But, thanks to support from fans like Crimson, we'll continue to make improvements to our quality over time. That will hopefully make turning into the adventures every week that much more enjoyable. 
If you'd like to support the show, you can reach out to us at thestorytellersquad at gmail.com or just send us an email saying you like the story. We'd love to hear from you about that topic, too. But if that seems too personal, you could always leave a review and shout out your compliments in our general direction with a little more buffer room. You're safe in the Apple Podcast review submission form. Nobody can get you there, adventurers. Not even the voice on the airwaves! You guys can head into requisitions if you'd like. When you eventually walk your way in here, it resembles very closely the tailor's room of the fancy sir at the Summer's Crest Mall. Although a lot of the suits and things that are on the different mannequins here are either half in completion or seem to be there just for display purposes and are a lot more like high fashion than the suits you've seen most of the agents wearing. You see some suits that are in like half-made states where it seems like layers of the suit have been removed to display the different materials that are layered together to make the actual fabric. And thankfully, Raven, you see Phoebe is behind a counter now, so you don't actually see any of her like lower spider half. (laughs) She is taking things out of a bag and and setting them down, and she looks up. Sorry about frightening you. uh, I'm a little scared myself. And she like reaches into the bag again. She puts ammunition down on the table, slides that over to Agent Spiegel, who takes it and starts like reloading his pistol and putting a few like clips on his belt. She goes to come around the counter, but stops herself and then just stands behind it like an attendee at like a retail shop. What can I do to help? Apparently I would need some armor, please. Oh yeah, right. And she hands you like a small size flak vest tactical armor that you can clip on Felicity. Um, when we're not all in danger of dying, I would also like to get a pretty fancy suit. But that seems a little much right now. And Phoebe nods. She says, I can work fast, just not that fast. We're going to have to make do with what we have right now. I'm going to tell you right now, I want it to look like a grandmother's couch. Got it? Her demeanor, aside from being a spider person, she's constantly like wringing her hands and like trembling a little bit. She seems scared and nervous about the whole situation happening in the agency right now. But when you say that, she kind of like stops for a second and looks at you. Oh dear, no. Hear me out. And she starts like going into this like tirade of what, like, what your season should be and like, oh, we definitely need to pair you with something like a cream or a violet, maybe? Something to Violet, the- violet, I could do, but I would like it extremely patterned. All right, all right, I can see that. What do you think about a herringbone? No, fishtail. And she's just like is going into fabric swaths that she has on a ring and like laying them out for you. Phoebe is clearly the agency's resident designer. Love that for her. I love that so much. <laughs> She's pretty okay, I guess. Um, When she's talking about this fashion stuff, the quiver and tremor in her voice is gone. This is her comfort zone. (laughs) Okay. So I'm saying, listen, listen, Phoebe, are you calm now? And she like stops for a second and she's like, huh, very good. Very good. You're Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It was definitely (laughs) not because I got distracted that I started talking about clothes. It was just because I knew what I was doing. And I was trying to calm you down. So now you're calm, and now you have a project, right, to work on. I'm going to go. I'm going to kill the bad guy with my friends. You're going to be safe. 
okay? And then when I come back, I expect a lavender or whatever color it was that you said, grandma's couch suit. She kind of like bites her lower lip but nods at you. She looks to you, Hugo, and Raven, and she says, would either of you like to try one of these on, see if it fits you? The armor? The, yeah, there's like more body armor in there that she grabbed. Yeah, might as well. Thank you. Okay. It takes a moment for Hugo to respond because he's looking at Felicity, processing the fact that she just said kill, mm. mm-hmm. and he is not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen, Phoebe, you're my friend now, and I tore oh. a door off for my friends. Oh my goodness. Don't think I won't do the same thing for you, okay? Okay. You'll be safe here. (laughs) Somewhere in the Eastie Agency, Whitaker's voice floats through the air ducts and says, she also destroys trailers of her friends too, so you know. (laughs) Whitaker. It swings both ways. Your voice doesn't carry through the agency. You say it, because you're right there. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. As you open the door, you're, you're standing in the doorway. That's right, Felicity. I figured it out. It wasn't ninjas. Whitaker! <laughs> Raven shrugs like, well, what can you do? Yep. And Damien is there. Yeah. So. Damien waves. Hey, guys, what's the plan? We're going to kill the monster. Isn't he a ghost? Yes, uh, I haven't Ra- worked it all out yet. <laughs> but it's Something is going to, he's going to be gone. I don't know yet, but God damn it, I'm going to do something. From the office where that light is behind Phoebe down the back way there, you hear the wheels of a rolly chair scraping across the floor. And this chair like casually backs out of the room and there's someone sitting on it. They see Whitaker and they call to you. They say, about time. Let's take a look at this and like scoot their way back in. Could you describe Prithi Devon for me? Pretty Devon, they are, um, uh, wait, did you decide, was, was Pretty, were they gonna be, um, the really fun neurotic one, or were they gonna be the cool, chill weapons one? Uh, I forget what we decided with. We decided that they were gonna be the, like, tech whiz hacker. Like, in a classic, they broke into the system, and then the EC agency hired them to make the system better type of way. Oh, that's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had very few plans for what Prithi would look like. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I like this. They're friends with Phoebe, and so she has given them, uh, you know what? They have the millennial mullet, for sure. Nice. Nice. They've got the side shave. That part of their shaved hair is sort of a, like, deep magenta. From the roots of the rest of their hair that's, like, swept over is that same deep magenta that then fades into, like, a light pink. And, uh... Yeah, they've just got like a simple white collared shirt on, agency attire, but they've got like a lot of bracelets on their wrists. You know what they do have? Okay, so the other day I was introduced to this incredible like special little glove you can wear that does keyboard shortcuts by like flexing different fingers and it's great for artists because it's like better for your hand without having to like crunch it up on a mouse or something like that. For these got one, got keyboard shortcut gloves. I love it, yeah. So Prithi slides back into the office and you guys all follow them in. There's nothing fancy about this place. It's just a desk. There is one computer in here that is running and working. Wait, hold up. I swear to God, when shit went down, everything with a electrical pulse sent out a shocking 
electrical burst at everyone. You are the most technology-laden person I know. How did you make it out alive? Uh, and saying they... to Prithi, looking at their gloves yeah, and their they... many phones. <laughs> well, they look at you and then they pull out a little pen and like they click the pen. It doesn't do anything. But they say, Whitaker, I'd be an idiot if I didn't have a kill switch on hand at all times. God, Surge Protector Pen, you think of everything. They grin at you and they say, EMP Pen, get with it. And they slide it back into their <laughs> pocket. <laughs> See, they make, me, they make me feel like an old man. But yeah, so they're typing and just like clicking away at the keyboard. They've got a bunch of different like code boxes up that they're typing into. And Phoebe gathers that like Raven is scared of spiders. So in an attempt to be less threatening or scary, she... Her like upper torso hangs down from the doorway so that she's spider gripped on the ceiling of the hallway, but like her regular self is just like looking over everyone's shoulder. <laughs> it's not at all threatening. <laughs> it's not helpful, but like she's trying her best. I was gonna say if while everyone was kind of moving from one room to the other, Raven was gonna go up to Phoebe and be like, Hey, I'm I'm sorry I tried to close the door on you. Are we cool? I'm really sorry. Yeah. And she's like, very, she like she's making direct eye contact, so she's not looking at her spider body. <laughs> yeah. She is trying really hard to be sincere and apologize because she feels really, really terrible that she treated this woman this way. And Phoebe, she does like an awkward toothy smile, and she's just like, it's okay. I had to get used to it, too. Raven doesn't know what else to say. She just kind of nods and then <laughs> moves up and gets with the rest of the group back into the into the yeah. room with the. Wait, I had to get used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just filing our way to it later. We're not digging into that right now. <laughs> no, it's not the time. Because I want to ah. know. Raven does not want to know. <laughs> Hence the awkward. Oh. Yeah, okay. you, you, this is perfect, right? Because you go from, like, absolute phobia to, like, your perfect comfort zone. There's another tech whiz here who's, like, typing away on a keyboard. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> pushes past a couple people to get in the room and be like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely the, looking at that glove like, whoa. <laughs> the stuff Prithi is working on is very advanced. They're not even oh, dealing with, so, like, the, the so OS. They're just in, like, the code direct and, you know, digging around and stuff. Um, She's fascinated but has <laughs> no idea what's going on. Whitaker does oh. a quick head count. Where's Aiden? I don't know. I was outside. She's Downstairs. dealing with some problems. Is she all right? Where'd you leave her? M- Mac also pipes up. She with Ross? Yeah. Oh, they'll be fine then. Yeah, he kind of, Matt kind of <laughs> nods and like looks over at you, Whitaker, like, yeah, they're fine. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's fine, it's fine. Well, physically, they'll be fine. Um, Ross is kind of mean. Yeah, yeah, it's Ross. Mac chuckles at that, and he's like, give her until you're not strangers anymore. Though, so speaking of mental stability, any of you else got throat punched by the, uh, the ghost thing running around? That wasn't just me, it can't get got in your head a bit, didn't it? It got in my brain. It really did. Yeah, okay, all right. Just making sure. Making sure that wasn't just me skipping uh, out on meds or something. So if I see spectral hands and I touch it, it'll go like a cool in my head flashback. Now, okay, wait, Damien, cool how does one. this work with you? Because you're not even anything. I Well, that, that's what I was trying to find out. You know, we've got to find these hands. 
Natalie, just to be clear, there was no, we did not take any physical harm from these, right? We got the little shock, but it wasn't like... Yeah, no, at no point did these arms cause you physical or, like, psychic damage or anything. It hurt you emotionally. Definitely, to to like, relive, definitely like, do not want to do it again. Like, like no yeah. thank you. So the let's, plan is to have Damien catch these hands. Yes, let's, let's oh, weigh the options stop. right now. Number one, stop have it. Damien catch these hands. And oh, wow. uh, he breaks them because he's a demon, and then yep. everything is fixed. <clears throat> Easiest fix we've ever had in our entire lives. Number two, he has some traumatic flashback and he's just as emotionally scarred as all of us. So let's go ahead and throw Damien to the hands. Prithy takes their glasses off, <laughs> puts them down, and like, you're all new, aren't you? Uh, yes. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. Prithy, it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> We've all gotten grabbed a bit. It's uh, it's the hit new thing these days. Yeah, if- <laughs> Hey, it's all happened to us. Let's let's make it happen to Damien. It's Most only fair. Trauma. Hey, well, I mean, that sounds like a solid plan. I'm willing to punch every one of these. Yeah, hey, listen, Damien. Uh, but my question is, do we have like a plan B just as a, a backup? I don't think we need a plan B. Let me reiterate, please. We have all been touched by these hands. Except um... for you. Sure. Wouldn't you also like to be touched by these hands, Damien? Soul. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know where they are. We gotta find them. Let's go. No, 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 no. no. Listen, we're joking. We're, jo- we're no longer joking. Jokes has left the room. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of actually having anyone else get touched by... N- no. And I... I'm, I'm a little bit curious of what would happen. You guys... You all hear Prithy curse under their breath a couple times, and they, like, furiously are typing and closing out things that seem to be, like, popping up, almost like pop-up ads. Here we go again. And they're just, like, going at it insanely quickly. They're using that little shortcut glove of theirs, and they're just, like, going, 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 going. that scene from Hackers? Yeah, totally. All right, hot shot. What's the problem? What we got? Prithy, for the briefest moment, just holds up, like, a one-second Whitaker and is going, 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 and then the windows stop popping up. (sighs) Whew. It's been like that since I rebooted. Yikes, is that, are you making any headway? Is there any, um, is there any chance you can see uh, where this thing is or if we can redirect it somewhere? I'm able to keep up with it. I can certainly shut it down from taking over this machine. As far as shutting down the lockdown and getting control of the system again, uh, that's tougher. Is there anyone else in this building that has the same capabilities as you that could maybe like team up? (laughs) They shake their heads sadly. They're like, I rebuilt everything from the ground up when I got here. (sighs) so hard being this smart. No one knows what they like. Uh, no yep. one can match me. <laughs> that was not Whitaker. <laughs> oh, but we wish it was. I kind of I kinda love it and hope that it is and Prithy just like dead oh, arms you. Was <laughs> good American accent on Whitaker. I feel like everyone kind of looked around like, who's speaking? A Whitaker? <laughs> it's like, whoa, he does a better American accent than he does a British one. <laughs> American accent that I have. Yeah, like punch you in the thigh. I'm just like, dude, I wasn't the one that hired me. All right. What are you doing here? Aren't you gonna fight this thing? Yeah. First off, we got um, we got a power situation down in cold storage. We got about a dozen employees locked up in there. Temperatures dropping quick, and we got no way to um to reroute it from down there. Wondering if you could do your thing. They nod their head. Or at least get the get the AC to stop being so ruthless on them. 
let me see what I can do. And so they start to get into building thermostat controls and that sort of thing from their backdoor access. Raven, I'd like you to roll a sharp roll as you're standing there over Prithi's shoulder looking at what they're doing on the computer. So that's a nine. This is clearly Prithi's desk. They work here. This is just their office desk where they hang out. There's little like knickknacks and like there's like a watch device that seems to be like half open with like a bunch of small screwdrivers and things sitting around. There's some schematics and product design drawings and things that are just up and pinned everywhere with little notes written on them. Seems like Prithi is on top of being a hacker and designing a lot of the computer systems and the security operations for the East Agency. They're fairly skilled at designing little gadgets uh, and things like their little pen that they use to short out their devices when it seemed it was going to shock them. But also on the desk are little knickknacks and like toys of theirs that they have as like little office company. And there is an abundance here of little Tyrannosaurus figurines. Hmm. Just like a weird amount. Yeah, there's like a theme to their... Specifically T-Rexes? Specifically T-Rexes, yeah. Maddie hates this. <laughs> yeah, fun fact about Maddie, I'm afraid of dinosaurs. This is the episode about- where I unintentionally bring up all everyone's phobias. <laughs> I, I picture them as like teeny tiny little figurines, like cartoonish. It's a, like a motley assortment. There's a the dinosaur movie. I'm not going to name it, but like there's a figure from that series dinosaur? on the desk. And, and like. The movie? <laughs> <laughs> that was what I thought too. My favorite movie! <laughs> no, okay. Hold on. How is that your favorite movie and you're scared of dinosaurs? It's a long it's a story. Person. Okay. <laughs> it all stems from that movie. Oh my god. All right. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of T-Rex toys and little finger puppets and like stuff. There's just a lot of it there. Raven's gonna pick up one. One of the little cute ones. And just kind of hold it on and be like, oh, you really like T-Rexes, huh? They're still typing. They're like, yeah, ever since I was a kid. Damien is going to pull out a toy dinosaur that he stole a while back and place it to add it to the collection. But like, what dinosaur is it? Oh, it's a T-Rex to fit in. Oh, okay. You want to know something crazy? We were just uh, talking about our favorite dinosaurs on the way here. <laughs> That's true, you were. I appreciate Our favorite dinosaur, inexplicably, is the exact same favorite dinosaur as Damien, which <laughs> fucks me up to this day. Oh, yep. yeah. That was good. My favorite dinosaur is Parasauropolis. I'm pretty excited that yours is the T-Rex because they were pretty dope. In the background, he goes muttering to himself, I got a big head and little arms. <laughs> <laughs> that was all. I just wanted Raven to notice this. Um, okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I expect it to become a big. So well, it. I mean, it kind of. I don't know. Maybe you're not remembering, but well, there is a now there I'm is suspicious. there's there's a connection there for Raven to figure out later on. You don't have to do it now. Um, <laughs> so, Prithi. Wait, can I actually ask a connect the dots question? I have two. Yeah. yeah isn't that your thing? There you go. Yeah. Is yeah. this person connected to current events more than they're saying? No, they're not connected to current events okay. more than they're saying. Well, I don't know about the T-Rexes. You don't have Lowen more? You never use all of them. <laughs> no, I know. There's been sessions where I roll, like I get three and I don't use any of them because I forget and they're not relevant. What do T-Rexes have to do with this person? I can only ask one of the following. Is, um, is there a username that's popular that has T-Rex in it? That's I think my that's guess. it. 
That's my guess. Let me check my notes. <gasps> I know who it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna... I think, Raven, you see her be like, oh, huh. And then doesn't say anything else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will ask, though, while we're here really quick, okay. uh, when and where will the next critical event occur? Let's right see, what, here. What could you discern from this room? Maybe something cool is flashing on Prithee's computer. That really Yeah, are they doing anything that might be indicating anything on their screen? Prithee definitely has, like, a free monitor set up, and they're, like, using... <laughs> most of their screens in order to like keep up and avoid the ghost getting its way into her system or their system the screen that they're typing on with all the like code because they're trying to get into the environment controls of the agency's building so that's where their focus is but raven you're you're not following them type the code and trying to like access this control you're just like looking at all the other bits of code that they've been writing and in one of them in one that's already open there is the blinking cursor and it it types out a message and it says Miss Eugenia, comma, we're almost at the finish now, dot, dot, dot. This wouldn't be a good story without a bit of tragedy, period. A few lines go down, and then it says, up or down, question mark, time to make a choice, period. Prithi is busy, and like they finally say, like, I can't get the door open. I can stop the temperature control, but it's already dropped to negative 20. They're not going to last much longer down there. We have to go. There's nothing you can do. We gotta go. They keeps blocking me. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what this thing is. All right. Um, we need somewhere to fight it. If anything, we need to just get this thing. But Raven, uh, you you point out the message that it sent you. Yeah. So you all now know up or down. The ghost is telling you. I think can we have I, to go down. Can I? Hang on. Hang on. I'm gonna use one of my broken rules. Can I use hunches <laughs> again? Uh, can yeah, I guess so. Have to... We also have to go down and get Aiden. Or do you want to use the one where you, like, zoom in on the monster? Oh! I forgot <laughs> I had that one. Tune in! Where is the yeah. future right now? Felicity Damn. immediately starts talking in a transatlantic accent. Okay, okay. Let me roll. Hang on. Plus weird. Oh, seven. Hold one. I feel like, where is this creature right now? It doesn't really tell us because it's kind of everywhere. Um, what is it planning to do right now? That seems like a good one. Okay. So while, like, Whitaker and Prithy are, like, they're not shouting at each other, but they're just talking very, like, this is a dire situation. We have to think. We're talking loudly to express how hard we're thinking <laughs> about it. Tension. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be the genius here. Do something about it. Yeah, you're supposed okay. to be the monster hunter here. Why have you done anything about it? Like, they're getting the, like, back and forth. Uh, so to and- catch me up the speed on the, there's a bunch of people in cold storage it's getting colder and colder i can pop down there faster than anybody to at least stall for time throw them a few extra hand warmers plug in a space heater that might be all i have probably a blanket or two so i'll see what i can do to help uh damon well, we gotta uh, find start. out we gotta find well, out what they're planning on doing next yeah give me a pause on that damon because felicity's yeah. gonna have her like vision felicity the sound of the room fades out and your head rolls back and you leave your body in the way that your visions often allow you to do, mm-hmm. and you are rising upward. And you come to settle in this large executive suite office. There's some old bookcases and things. There's very large windows that look out over the city and the waterfront. The static, glowing figure of the ghost is sitting at the desk. There isn't a microphone, 
but it's as if they're like pantomiming into the microphone and you see them gesturing as if they're like telling a very fantastic radio drama. You then start to sink and you <laughs> drop down through the floors. You go past your group of friends. You drop down a few more floors. You see a guy with some electrical wires cutters trying to snip someone off the <laughs> wall. <laughs> as Ernie Perfect. has mustered a bit of courage and is trying to save some folks. You continue to drop. You're moving at a pretty steady speed, but because the first and second levels of the building have that big open space that is the lobby, as you pass through that, you see that not just from the menus at the cafe, but coming out of the pockets and the computers and the private electronic devices of every agent that has been knocked out in the cafe area are these arms reaching and they are swarming Agent Ross and Aiden. Agent Ross, she's floating. Her hair is wild and whipping as it's blown about by this spectral force as she directs her sword as if she's, um, what is the performance tool? It's that stick that you make oh, move around. Oh, it's yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of how it looks as she like whips this massive greatsword around and hacks these arms away as they try to reach and grab for her. Aiden, at this point, her fists are glowing. You can see she's got a, a bit of blood on the side of her mouth. She seems to be having a harder time of it, but as you like pass by, the last thing you see is more of the arms grabbing onto her, and she locks up, and then they let go again. She kind of bats some of them away. She's not using her wings to defend herself, but you pass through the floor, you come down, and you end in the cold storage vault where you see Norm is just like hugging as many of the employees as he can. And even he is shivering now as the steamy breath comes off his nose. There's like little like frozen snot from it because it's so cold down here. And Olivia Eastie just pacing back and forth, back and forth behind this closed vault door. She's got her like arms folded very close to her and her shoulders hunched up. And then you rock it back up to your body and you're there. Okay, guys, a few things. Number one, Whitaker. He's upstairs. He's in an office somewhere that has books, that has things. Do you know where that is? Sounds like Miss Eastie's office. Okay, he's in Miss Eastie's office. Number two, downstairs in the lobby. They're being attacked by arms. I saw Aiden, and they're trying to fight him off. Everyone there is unconscious. They're trying the best that they can. And all the way downstairs, cold storage, they're freezing. I don't know who we should go to first. I feel like it's the guy in Mrs. E.C.'s office, I guess, the one up there. We need to stop him, and then we'll stop everything. My thought is if he's the source, may as well take the fight to him. But can we stop him is the thing. Or do we have to save these people? We cannot get to those people without killing him first. That has been made pretty clear. If we can't get he pretty wants clear. us to fight him? I have a feeling he wants us to try in vain to save them downstairs. So what we, we should do is go up and fight him. I say we go upstairs. Mac has, at this point, slung a hunting rifle onto his back. He's got a bunch of sidearms just like in different holsters that Phoebe went and picked up for him. I can't let Ross and your friend down there go it alone. I'm gonna head back down and give him a hand. Good. Thank you. Okay, that's, that's fine. So I, uh, Natalie, I have a question. 
Yes. I got a tactical vest. Does that do anything for me or? Yes. So you, Raven and Hugo, you all get an armor that you can add to your sheets. If you just want to know that you have one armor. Hugo's not going to put it on. (laughs) Purist. Fucking purist. Wait, so there's there's just an article of clothing that's not being worn. Damien is going to grab it. All right. You have one armor of armor. Because the shield doesn't work with armor. Oh, Mm. I'm sorry, Hugo. I spoke too soon. That's some D&D bullshit right there. Hugo politely hands the armor off to Damien and grips his mop tighter. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I've got a mop. (laughs) Uh, We got, um, got, like, actual batons and and, and things better than a mop. Is that really what you want to go with? Proper spears? Proper spears. Phoebe, do we got proper spears? (laughs) Might have something cold storage. They yeah. might be a little cursed. Yeah, she's like, ooh. Uh, she's like, well, there's probably some bow staffs in the gym. I mean, pull a steak knife and a roll of duct tape. Hugo's <laughs> <laughs> actually going to take that steak knife and the roll of duct tape. Okay. And he's going to break off. Yes. He's going to now. He's going to break off the head to the mop, and he's going okay. to affix bayonet. Perfect. That's perfect. I love that so much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hugo, you can put mop spear on your equipment. Stabbing uh, stick. Give it the tags. Stabbing uh, stick. Give it the tag DIY. Yeah, give it <laughs> the tag close, quick crafted. Fragile. <laughs> so what are you guys doing? Raven's going up. I got everything I need. Before we go up, can I use magic? I would like to enchant my poorly constructed. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> he needs it. This is what we do. That is beautiful. Eight. Do you know what? I will take the one harm to make this work well. Enchant a weapon, and the glitch I want to take is to take one harm, ignoring armor. All right, we'll see how it goes. Just note that you're going to take one harm from the spear at some point. I'm not doing it to you immediately. Okay. What happens is, Hugo, you you grip the spear, you channel some magic into it, and on the steak knife at the front, the symbol that is the base of your whole tattoo system appears as if it's being, like, forged into the metal of the spear tip. It is cool. You're muted, Emery, but I saw you say that. (laughs) So now everybody goes upstairs? Raven's going to hang back a little bit, so she's, like, the last one to leave the room. She's going to... I'm sorry, I just forgot the name of the person who... The tech one. Who Prissy? works in that room? Yes, she's gonna she's gonna nudge him a little bit on her way out and just go subtle, and then leave. Okay, Prithy pauses their typing for a brief second, mm-hmm. looks back, and like you're already gone, but we, as the audience, hover and they grin and they say, "Good luck, architect." Hell every yeah! Easty, every Easty agent is a gem. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every single yeah. one of them is a user on my website. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you all take the stairs, I'm guessing. No more futzing with this elevator that can do whatever it wants. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Don't uh, trust the elevators in role-playing games. You all make your way up to the top top floor, other than like roof access. Whitaker, you've been to Olivia's office many times before, so you know exactly the way to get there, despite it being a little dark, plus you have Raven's flashlight. You hear talking as you approach this office door, and Olivia is the sort to have one of the doors that has, like, glass, as, like, the whole door is glass with a frame, but then, like, shades. So you see, like, flashing, flickering light coming through the shades and casting, like, a very, almost like a barcode 
pattern of light on the opposite wall just because of the slats of the privacy screen. And you, you hear, like I said, this like voice from inside the room. It's not coming out of any monitors or anything. You just hear that like, <laughs> like it's, you know, jumbled, muted narration happening. Miss Eugenia, Miss Stanbrook, I'm going to ask you both to sit back a bit. Hugo, I'm going to open the door real slow and I want you to cover me. Damien, do your thing, whatever that means to you. Damien, were you going to help the people in the basement? Or are you oh, going yeah. with your friends? We never resolved that, I realized, but... Yeah, well, because I was thinking, I was like, uh, I don't know how much... Demon could get frozen down there. It's possible. I mean, you can also phase through the door, so... That's true. So is there, like, a cold system that's causing it? Because then Damon would bloop, bloop, bloop through the floor and then, like, start smashing around with whatever's causing all that temperature stuff to keep going. Hey, here's the thing that Whitaker would tell you. You could go down there and bust up a few of the fans pumping cold air into the room, but then we'd have a broken cold storage facility. Yeah, the cold storage needs to function, so you don't want to destroy the system that's also keeping a lot of other things in stasis. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're good. Yeah, I'll pull out like a couple knives. I just wanted to check in case Damien really wanted like an interaction with anybody down there, but it sounds like that's not And like once everyone was like, oh, let's go upstairs, then Damien would be like, oh. Yeah. Time to go upstairs. So you're going to open the door slowly? That's my plan. Well, I guess I should ask, is there any other way into the office? No. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah. There's definitely a secret door we don't know about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you want me to check it out really quick first? Oh, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, give us a peek in. Give us a peek in. Tell us what you see. Uh, so Damien turns into like a little cockroach and then just through the door to check out what's inside. When you're in the room, you can hear the ghost now clearly. And he's saying... Two warriors locked in combat, bravely defending one another. Have they met before? Will they meet again? Who's to say as they face each other's fate in this arena of death? And then it says, we pause now to bring our attention to the central offices, where we are being observed by a small creature. (laughs) And the ghost steps up and looks over the desk. And just, just regarding you, Damien, down on the floor. So Damien, while everyone's like standing down, like looking at the bottom of like the, the door, waiting for like Damien to come back as like a cockroach, you just see like Liam Neeson's stunt double open the door and say, guys, he, he knows we were here the whole time. <laughs> as Damien went in as a cockroach, I realized that the Eastie agency probably has security cameras everywhere and mm-hmm. this guy's just tuned into all of them yep yes, <laughs> what? Um... just walk up and be like it's gonna be really sneaky okay and he's just in the room like guys i know you're there you know what yeah, i really should have thought of that one <laughs> that's on me that's a, that's my come on shit. Whitaker. <laughs> this has been a very very busy day <laughs> oh, come on in the water's fine he's been expecting us all right, you yeah. go cover me, so you, and I'm going to start all... shooting. <laughs> okay! <laughs> you just asked the guy with, with the melee weapon to... Uh, okay. You've got magic, you silly sod. Don't <laughs> ask me, dummy. Yeah. No! <laughs> That's the real spellcaster. Aha! <laughs> no! 
this ghost guy is like, what a dysfunctional bunch of idiots. He, he literally is, he's like, Gadzooks, our heroes are squabbling at the finish line. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Starnbrook, you're what the Easty Agency would call unpredictable. I'm very predictable. I got us to this point, didn't I? Uh, all right, fair enough. Um, anyway, I was shooting him. Let's get back to that one. That one I do know. That one I okay. do know. So you're gonna kick some ass. I'm gonna kick some ass. All right, please roll. I'm not. Please I'm not gonna minute. play around and wait for this fucker to try and roast us again. I'm not gonna wait for this man to see into Whitaker's poor gay nightmares. It's a four. Oh no. Luck point. This yeah. is not. This is not an yeah. important enough story moment to require a luck. In my That's opinion. true. Yeah, you're just gonna go fight a ghost. Who cares? So yeah, uh, Whitaker, you you kind of are like using the argument, quote unquote, with your compatriots in the doorway as like a deceptive move. You're kind of like, and I'm shooting you, bam, 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 and you fire your gun at this guy. You see the ghost's form shifts sideways out of the way of the shots. It then flicker steps and is right in front of you and grabs you by the shirt collar and throws you across the room. And you take, you would take two harm from like slamming into her desk and flipping over the back of it, which is reduced to one by your tactical suit. And reduced another one by my battlefield awareness. Ah, very good. So that, so you like yeah, let's see. Star roll over the desk. Yeah, you just you like know. break your fall, basically. And I don't get any like any flashbacks, right? It's just the just the throw. Yes, for this particular move. Yep. Sure, sure. Okay, um, I'm gonna go. Hey, Whitaker, okay. can I try something? From behind the desk, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I'd say not in Miss Easty's office, but you know, I've really come around on. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so I'm gonna roll to use magic specifically. All right. To banish a spirit. God damn. Okay. Go ahead and roll a 10. All right. That solves it with no issue, right? Yep. Banish a spirit or curse from the personal object or place it inhabits. Okay. This ghost, Felicity, after it throws Whitaker across the room, turns to the rest of you and says... And now for the grand finale and like goes to reach for you and you, you've had enough. 100%. Dig, yeah, you dig deep into your well of magic and just say enough. And this shock wave <laughs> emits from you. It knocks everyone else down, shatters the glass windows in the office. And this ghost, as it's like reaching, reaching, reaching for you, its body starts to delete very slowly. It starts in like the feet, and then the shoulder, and then the face. The shockwave is like an initial burst, but then there's just this force and power emanating from you. And the ghost reaching one finger touches your forehead, and you're not in the office. You're running in a field. It's sunny, little white butterflies flying amongst the wildflowers and grass. There's a tall pine forest and mountains off in the distance. And you've just got a little stick with like a spider web on the end of it. And you're using it to like catch a butterfly, look at it, let it go. You roll around. This memory is going on for way longer than the last time the ghost touched you. And you sit up from this field that you're in. You're much younger than you are right now. This is a clear flashback of when you were a kid. And you look back over your shoulder and for a second, there's this figure silhouetted in light standing there 
And then you're back in the office and all that's left of the ghost is the front of their face, which again is still staticked out most of the way, and their, their wrist. And as their hand deletes, it just says, to be continued. We leave the boardroom with Whitaker getting up from behind the desk. Glass is chinkling and dropping from Olivia Eastie's office windows. Hugo and Raven get up off the floor along with Damien. You aren't injured. The ghost seems to have been blasted away. We see the power from the outside of the building turns on. The DEFCON signal seems to just shut down all the turrets on the outside of the grounds and descend back into the earth. The cold storage door where you left the lever in the up position and raises and Olivia Eastie quickly crawls out from underneath and is able to adjust the thermostat and stops it from being so cold. Norm starts to usher the other agents out. We see Max Spiegel burst open the door with his gun drawn, like ready for a fight. Sees all the other agents sitting up from where they were knocked unconscious in the lobby. Aiden is on the ground of the cafe. She looks like she's in rough shape. And Agent Ross floats down next to her and drops down onto her knees. The sword hits the ground loudly. Ross helps Aiden up and then kisses her and then pulls away violently. And Aiden just like also reviles at first and like touches her mouth and is like, what? And Ross just goes, sorry, I don't, I don't know what that was. And we will end on all of you gathering around Felicity. Her eyes roll back in her head and she drops and passes out on Olivia AC's floor. That's where we're ending the session tonight. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. The intrigue. You guys are the adventuring mystery. and there's tons of mystery. Someone's got to nerf Felicity. <laughs> I did oh. like that her powers didn't lead her directly to the people, though. That she went to the elevator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, ah, nope. <laughs> so there you go, guys. Radio Ghost. <sighs> what a uh, interesting be little continued. adventure. To be Clearly he'll be back again. I was so going to say, he, hey, so um, he says, I want to say it right now. I hope he comes back. <laughs> I know. I was kind of like, wow, that was it. Like, he I was, was really so hoping good. each of us could get a good hit on him. But then I know. I, I'm sorry. He continued. Fucking- like, Oh, okay. I would just fucking love, like, when one of us turns our car radio on for, like, the briefest moment. We get a little whisper. And then he says one thing, and then the radio comes on. We'll see what happens. There are mysteries to discover and explore in this world. Listen, because I'm so fucking OP, I want your punishments on me to be the worst. (laughs) Felicity has hell coming to her. Good. Listen. Yeah. When you were doing, like, her first oh flashback, oh, mm-hmm. I was like, that's exactly what her flashback would have been. And I was going to mention that if you asked me. Yeah, and then yeah. you just did it. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I know your characters. It's I know so what will hurt good. them. The second one would have been when Raven lost the sight of the spirits. Mm. Like, that would have I been was kind of hoping one. for that one. I thought that Raven was going to get touched by the arms a lot more and so mm-hmm. i thought we were gonna slow ramp up to super sad which is why i brought up That's her so sister 
Yeah. Of like, oh, that's sad. Her sister like moved away. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought we were gonna ramp up to the deep stuff, and then you're like, oh yeah, and that voicemail from Bethany is playing, and I was like, well, <laughs> here we go. I did have one. I had one planned. If it if she got touched by the arm again. again. Yeah, I had two in I my had. head. One was the prom one, and one was a different <laughs> one. And I thought I thought Whitaker would get a second a second touch. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll, I thought I'll Felicity would so, so did I, but I forgot that banish a creature is a spell anyone <laughs> can do. <laughs> we could have paused, and then it would have been like fight the ghost at the beginning of the next section. But I kind of like the gut punch of like it's just over. You don't get answers. He's gone. Good Sorry, job, I guess. <laughs> you know, like. That's almost more frustrating and troublesome than you guys getting to talk to him a bunch as you slug out. He'll come out. back. Like, He'll come back. I want to hear him in our radios, Natalie. Like, I got to hear him in our radio. The, 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 <laughs> like, going to be turning on all the radio. <laughs> I want to put on my iPod shuffle and hear his stupid oh, little man. voice. I'm so happy about just the Eastie agency in general. It is becoming Wait, such a let treat me tell you something. to discover and work out with y'all and like, Emery and I have been sitting on some of these NPCs since week two of the game. So it's the like, like agency is phenomenal. <laughs> I always act like when a new NPC comes in, I'm like, oh, you ain't ready for this. I only know like the name and a two sentence description at best. <laughs> yeah. And Natalie just like takes these things and just <laughs> blossoms out of it. And I'm like, oh, this is, oh yes. Oh, please mm-hmm. tell me more. I knew the whole time. <laughs> I have no idea what Ross's deal is. I'm going to tell you all right now. I have no fucking idea what Ross's deal is. Is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Whitaker knows Ross's deal is. I don't you think don't. He does. Whitaker doesn't have the whole story for sure. Yeah, because it wouldn't make sense for Whitaker to like know everything about everybody. Yeah, yeah. There's certain people he's worked yeah. with, and certain people he probably doesn't know that well. And like Whitaker, of Whitaker only told Hugo and Aiden about his weird deal, and that was after they almost all died together. The agents yeah, of the Easy Agency, they play it close to the problem. chest. You gotta. In this business, you gotta. You gotta. Yep. Good. I'm so hyped about this game and this story. All right. We'll be back next time with more mystery and adventure. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Good night, guys. Catch you later.